The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 119. And Joey, I think one of us today has a new phone. Mickey Papalong is a cell phone junkie. I did make the switch and I am over with AT&T. As the rumor has been going, I did order a Centro. So I guess I would compare it to something like Mobile Utopia. Worst battery life ever. All right, we ready? Recording. Here we go. AT&T's data service knocked out in the Northeast, a $20,000 cell phone bill, and you've answered my call to action with some great questions and comments. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. And today we've got uh, a couple of things we want to talk about before we get into our news. The first one is the Nokia E71 device that I've been using for the past about week and a half. Wanted to discuss it a little bit and talk about uh, my impressions of it and where the person who's looking to possibly get this device should be looking for some of the pros and some of the cons with it. And so we'll start off by talking about um, some of the things that are important to everybody, and uh, that includes stuff like battery life. And I will say that this phone has really stepped up what I've been used to for the smartphone market with the battery life and have been very impressed with it. Um, I'm looking at my phone right now. It is, at the time of this recording, 6.30 in the evening, and I took it off the charger this morning, probably about, I don't know, 8.30 or so, and the phone shows on the side a little battery bar with little tick marks, and there's, I think, seven or eight of them, and it's only down one. So that kind of tells you the length of battery life that I'll get with this. Now, granted, during the week, I'm using it a lot more. Uh, The push email is on, and so I'm getting emails all day long, and so I'm usually at about... I don't know, 50 or 60% when I get to the end of the day. But the battery life has been very, very good with this. It's an every two-day charge for me with it. Uh, and on the weekend, uh, it was, well, let's just say I uh, was, wasn't was even completely discharged when I charged it up last night. But I'll easily be able to make it into the day tomorrow and through the entire day tomorrow. So battery life, very, very good. Uh, it's got the QWERTY keyboard on it, which everybody is that follows the Nokia and the Series 60 devices knows of. Uh, the only downfall that I would say with this keyboard on a, a very good keyboard to type on is the fact that they've done uh, the, the bottom row of letters differently than what I've seen on other smartphones, where if you are, have a smartphone, take a look at it, and you'll find the Z key falls usually directly underneath the S key. And the way that this phone is set up, it's, it's, it's in rows. And so they've shifted over the Z key to directly underneath the A key. So it's, uh, it's a little bit strange uh, as far as the configuration, but it only takes a little bit of manipulation to, so that you can type on it correctly. But I didn't find it a problem. It was just something that was, was different in it. But otherwise, I'm very fast with this keyboard. In fact, Joey, I would say this one is on par with the BlackBerry 8830. I know you've used those in the past and uh, you're at least gotten to play with them a little bit, so you know that that's a good keyboard. Well, the, uh, as you just mentioned, yeah, the Z key is underneath the S on my Centro. But, well, that's great. You've uh, adjusted that keyboard. I know I saw it last weekend, and it, it's a very nice-looking keyboard. Obviously, I didn't really do any typing on it, but um, I know you're trying to get adjusted you know, last week to it, but I, it doesn't take long because it, it doesn't it has a nice tactile feedback and it's not missing keystrokes right and mm-hmm. you're, you're all you know it's, it's good I, and, and nokia doesn't output usually really really bad stuff especially for that price level 
No, the E series is more the business class series, and so it uh, it's very comfortable to type on. Like I said, uh, next to probably the the eighty eight thirty BlackBerry series, this has been one of my favorite keyboards simply because it doesn't miss those keystrokes like my seven fifty did, and um, I've adjusted to it nicely, and I'm comfortable with it, and so I like that. Um, application selection. If you're familiar with Symbian, you'll know that applications um, are plentiful. It really depends on what you're what you're looking for, but you can find quite a bit of stuff. You know, unfortunately, and I know they're going to address this, but um, with this version of S60, the Sling Player doesn't work, which is a big bummer to me because I was one of the things that I was hoping to use the phone for was the Sling Player, and it, it doesn't. But that's okay. Um, I, I'm hoping that they come out with a new one soon so that I can start taking advantage of that. Um, but other than that, I've installed um, a number of different things, including uh, Mail for Exchange, which is the application that allows for push email on here. It is faster than Windows-based devices that I've used for push email. Uh, granted, it's still push email, but I mean, it is like every single email comes in on the phone before it comes in on the computer. It is just insane. I know you've kind of seen that too with the Palm OS, so that's just a nice thing that they do. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of strange. Most of the emails come in faster for me on, on the Centro than they do on the Outlook on a a direct connection outlook, not the cached connection, but the direct connection. Right. And then it, it, every once in a while, then it'll take minutes for the email to show up on the Centro. I'm not sure exactly why that happens, but but it's uh, normally it's faster than the computer. Yeah, and that that to me is is really neat. I've completely um, gotten used to that, I guess, and so it, it works really well. And to your point, you're right. I do use a cached connection or cached exchange mode on the Outlook now. Um, because I use a program called Zobni. I don't know if you've looked at that. And that's a completely other show <laughs> talking about Outlook things. But anyway, I use Zobni and it works really well. And so that's why I use Cache Exchange. And Cache Exchange is much slower than uh, Direct Connection of Exchange. Okay, well, there you go. Um, okay, so anyway, so other, th- other than that, as far as installed applications, I've installed Google Maps, um, Twibble, which is a Twitter client, a screenshot application, which takes very nice screenshots uh, on the phone, uh, a, the Nokia email client, the beta client, and I want to talk about that in just a minute. I'll come back to it. A conversation in, um, application that does threaded text messaging. So it allows you to see your text messages in a threaded fashion versus the, you know, one-offs like you do, like you see in the, in, uh, the regular application. And then internet radio. And that's another one that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show uh, from a recommendation from one of our listeners. Um, other than that, the phone's GPS works extremely well. I was able to, on my flight back um, last weekend, and in fact, I was actually editing the show on the flight back. So it was a nice uh, comfortable flight back, sitting there working on the Cell Phone Junkie show. Had a great time with it. and um, So anyway, but I, I pulled out the phone and opened up the GPS application. I happened to be on the left side of the plane, and once we made the turn flying from Minneapolis to Arizona, where we were flying west, I was looking basically directly south, turned on the GPS on the phone, and it showed that I was at almost 38,000 feet, traveling at just over 500 miles an hour. And um, so it was, uh, it was pretty neat. But what we're going to do with that, um, or with, with that all being said, I've got uh, a lot more that I want to say about it, and I want to keep it uh, so that we've got some more discussion because we've got a special episode of TCPJ Unlocked. The third show is going to be all about Symbian with a special guest, uh, and I'll leave it at that. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more. But the phone itself has been really good for me. I'm liking it a lot, Joey, and so it's been a lot of fun. 
Uh, next one here that I reviewed this week was that Sony Ericsson TM506. Like I mentioned on the last show, I am uh, did the formal review on it and was relatively impressed with a phone that functions just as it should. It's a it's not a smartphone. It's your um, but it is your first HSDPA enabled phone for T-Mobile. All the previous 3G devices that they had out were UMTS only. And it worked very well for me in the Minneapolis area on the 3G connection and likewise as well in the, um, in the Phoenix area here. So what I wanted to do briefly is just play a test uh, audio call of the quality of it because I found the uh, call quality to be exceptional and uh, so I wanted to make sure everybody could hear it. Hi, this is Mickey doing a test call of the T-Mobile Sony Ericsson TM506 for a test of the sound quality. So to me, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think that sound quality is very decent, and so I wanted to make sure everybody got to hear that. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, it sounds good to me. And In the past, Sony Ericsson phones usually have pretty good sound quality, from my experience. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, so that was that was that. I've got it linked up in the show notes here, so you can read the entire review as I go through uh, my experiences with it. And if you're looking at uh, this phone as a potential next device for you, if you're on the T-Mobile network, make sure that uh, you keep in mind that the 3G network is only available in about half a dozen cities right now. Uh, but if you happen to be in one of those, you're going to appreciate the faster speeds. Into the news this week, we wanted to mention, first off, that the AT&T data network got knocked out in the Northeast this past week. Apparently, uh, starting very early in the morning, uh, in starting on the East Coast, as people were waking up, they noticed that their, um, basically any phone that had a data connection on it, with the exception of the Blackberries, was suffering for uh, of a lack of data. So voice calling, text messaging, and like I said, Blackberry email were unaffected by it. The, the the service outage lasted till approximately noon Eastern time, but it took a while for everybody's data connections to come back up. And it uh, looks like it was down for New York, Boston, Philadelphia, D.C., Chicago, and even St. Louis. So some pretty, uh, some pretty upset people waking up this past week to that. If you are, in fact, we're one of the people that had this issue. If you call up AT&T, some people are commenting that they were able to get small credits towards their bills for the lack of being able to use the services. I don't know how much you're going to be able to get from it. Plus, it's been a couple of days. Um, but it is back up now. It was only a, a, about a about a nine-hour outage, uh, yet annoying for some people, of course, and uh, something we haven't seen in quite a while. But hopefully, they'll whatever the issue was, they'll have addressed it so we won't have that moving forward. Yeah, it's probably just, you know, some routing issue, most likely, is what I would guess the the cause of this problem was. But I didn't see anything official. Yeah, and and, and like I said, it was it was picked up and, and addressed in a in a quick fashion and, and so there was only a few hours of time that people uh, had outages with that. Well, growth in the Symbian phone market has continued to slow. This is after numbers have come in that showed uh, a 5% increase year over year, uh, but a growth rate that was less than a year ago, where it was up 16.5%. To note, there are about 159 devices that have shipped 
in this past quarter with the operating Symbian operating system. So Nokia uh, is the primary beneficiary of that, and they've captured almost 40% of the handset market. And these numbers, while staggering, like I said, are down, and this growth uh, is, of course, attributed to a number of different devices that are out there, such as the iPhone, of course, BlackBerry, some Windows mobile devices have eaten at the share of the Symbian devices that have been sold. Uh, but uh, Symbian is still reigns king when it comes to the operating system on devices. And new launches through the second half of this year will hopefully help Symbian pick up steam, such as the Nokia N96. Well, the uh, consumer market is starting to adopt 3G devices at a much faster rate than before. Apparently, 80% is the percentage that uh, they are up over 2007, and looks like 64 million U.S. subscribers now have 3G connections on their devices. Uh, this is beating out Europeans' adoption of 46% at about 43 million people in that same time period. So us Americans apparently are very excited about our 3G connections here. Obviously, Joey, you and I both have them. Uh, don't want to live without it, I guess, is the, what I would say to someone no, who doesn't have and, it. And you know, I've seen a lot of um, a lot of people that I know with 3G devices uh, all of a sudden this past year. Um, I know at the office where I provide some of the devices, I have now moved to 3G devices that were never 3G before. Um, it, you know, there was no data before even. Now they're full 3G EVDO data. So it's definitely, uh, I see it myself uh, quite a bit. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you, you don't realize how great it is until you have it. I mean, an edge connection or a 1X RTT connection does serve a purpose, and it definitely can provide you email and some limited web browsing. But once you get those higher speeds, you just you don't ever want to go back to the slower connections. Never. And at the same time, you need the device to support it as well. And within the past year, so many more devices are out and available and a, and a reasonable price that can actually support the 3G data. Yeah, and the, the the biggest portion of this drive has been the Microsoft Windows operating system devices. Obviously, uh, they've got a, a number of different devices that you can you can pick up that have a 3G connection on them. And the iPhone, of course, and its new 3G model is going to sell bucket loads. And of course, the ever popular $99 Centro has really given a lot of people a reason to switch over to a 3G enabled device. And depending on the provider that you're on, the pricing can be, uh, you know, can can vary. Um, and just to note, that's just for CDMA ones. Correct. The Centro uh, CDMA version is the one with 3G on it. Uh, so anyway, and the in fact, the Blackberries too, now that you mentioned that, the Blackberry uh, devices do have uh, on the CDMA side, have the 3G, the EVDO yes. connection. So we'll see that changing, though, soon as the newer Blackberries come out. Uh, but anyway, to note, the uh, adoption rate is up 80%. So good to see for the 3G markets. Metro PCS has signed a distribution deal with Best Buy Mobile. They've decided to expand the distribution of the uh, the network to the Best Buy Mobile locations where they have coverage in 14 different markets. The retailer currently offers four of Metro PCS's no-contract no devices and also carries phones from the carrier's uh, competitors, including Virgin, AT&T Go phones, uh, T-Mobile USA, and Boost Mobile, uh, along with Verizon Wireless's uh, postpaid plans. Sprint's Zome network hit a new milestone this week with its 1,000th 1, 1, 
base station. It's up and running a full month ahead of schedule. So they've now got 1,066 live towers covering the markets of Baltimore with additional networks in Chicago, Washington, D.C., Boston, Philly, and Dallas-Fort Worth that are under development. This is very important to note because when we look at the fourth generation of technologies that are coming out here over the next few years, the Zome network and WiMAX is the underlying technology is leaps and bounds ahead of LTE. Joey, I think it was uh, last week that we talked about LTE's first uh, connection uh, or call where they were able to make a handoff at highway speeds. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe that was last week. I mean, that was with that was with test gear and a single device. I mean, that wasn't yeah. anything that was. Uh, I mean, that was basically a, a you know the first trial of doing it, and it was successful. That's great for them, but. Boy, if they've got a thousand towers and Baltimore is basically ready to launch this month at speeds of three to five megabit downloads, I mean that is the same as most cable connections uh, right now. At least I, I think most cable connections are in that range still. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who's you know in that market and you're looking for some mobile broadband at at some pretty decent speeds, this could definitely be a cable replacement or at least a DSL replacement if you were looking for it. Um, I'm guessing this equipment goes back down to the EVDO Rev A speeds uh, when it's not in a Zome network area, um, but uh, I, that's just an assumption that I would make. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure yet. Either. I would hope so, but yeah. I, I don't know. It's going to be sprint specific, obviously, in uh, where you get the service from. But uh, up to a five megabit connection is certainly uh, certainly very quick and certainly something that a lot of people will be looking for. And we'll hopefully take advantage of it. Hopefully the Baltimore rollout goes well, and we'll talk about that as we see it happen. And it'll be interesting to see how this goes, uh, because this will be the first 4G network out there. And it, it, to, to see how you know, the adoption goes for this, and if they turn it profitable. And, and it just kind of, I'm real curious how this uh, goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am too. Well, first-generation iPhone pricing has continued to rise even after the phones have stopped being uh, manufactured. The value of the first-gen phone on eBay has gone up a little by little over the last few months, and now the $600 phone, a 16-gigabyte phone, is now uh, selling for about or $500 phone is now selling for about $600. So uh, you're looking at pricing that's uh, above where people were originally purchasing them for. Uh, Also, the 8-gigabyte model that originally sold for $400 is now selling at about $500. So if you're looking to purchase... Uh, a first-generation phone, uh, make sure you keep a, keep a close eye to the auctions because you're going to probably pay a little bit higher than, uh, than what you would have paid for it when it first was on the shelf. Which is absolutely amazing. And, and, well, the reason for this is probably twofold. Here in the U.S., you have to pay $10 a month less for this phone than the 3G iPhone. And second of all, um, these phones are unlockable, whereas the new the 3G ones are not unlockable yet. Mm-hmm. And, and as I would imagine as soon as the 3Gs are unlockable, then these plummet. Well, that and I think a lot of the, the unlocking uh, is not just for here in the U.S., but of course for the international market. I would be very interested to see how many of these things are getting sold and getting shipped you know, to some of the markets like China and some of the... I mean, there was... You know, we've talked almost, to, I would imagine a lot of them. Yeah, or people who are buying them here in the U.S. and then shipping them overseas on a resale uh, or something like that. But if you're looking to make a few bucks and you've got an old one, make sure you sell it because now's the time. Exactly. 
Well, the iPhone's plans up on the Rogers are going to be getting a little bit better. Starting October 1st, you're going to be able to get a $60 per month plan on the Rogers network, which gives you 250 daytime minutes, which is up from 150, plus unlimited nights and weekends, one gigabyte of data, which is up from 400 megabytes, 75 text messages, visual voicemail, and a it looks like a, a promotion here, which gives you three months of unlimited local calling and a permanent uh, MY5 local option. Not exactly sure what that is, but I'm sure the Canadian listeners will. For 75 a month, you can get 400 daytime minutes, which is up from 300, unlimited nights and weekends, two gigs of data, which is up from 750 megs, 100 texts, visual voicemail, and uh, the three months of the unlimited local calling and the MY5 local option. So good news for the Canadians that are listening. Oh, I, they're... Boy, I forgot how expensive those are, and they're still expensive. <laughs> they are still expensive. Thinking about, uh, well, you know, okay, let's let's break this down real quick. Seventy-five dollars a month gives you four hundred anytime day minutes. Um, that is a pro- well, let's just say fifty minutes less than what you'd find on AT and T or Verizon. And it's not an unlimited data plan, but it gives you two gigabytes of data, which. Okay, we'll say unlimited is five gigabytes, so it's still less, but for the average person, that's probably okay. And for the person that's buying it on AT&T, this iPhone, they're going to spend $40 for the, da- for the minutes and $30 for the data. They're not okay. getting yeah, any text messages. That's, that's true. You're right. You're right. It is very close. I kind of forgot about the, the extra data charge. Yep. So, uh, well, yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Sprint plan with your, okay, your great yeah, deal. Okay. <laughs> uh, 100 text versus 200 for five bucks on AT&T. So it is a little bit less on every account, but it's still better than they had in the past. So that's very that good to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, international costs are always a big issue for people when traveling, and G- the GSM technology has made it very easy to use your phone wherever you go. Well, a Portland, Oregon family uh, found out the hard way of what the accessibility of international data can cost you. The Terry family said that they came home to a 200-page AT&T bill for a total of $19,370. This was from a trip in July where their son headed north to Vancouver, Canada and used his laptop with an air card to send photos and emails back home. The bills showed service being used 21 times, but because it was out of the country, it showed up as almost a $20,000 bill. Uh, they have contacted AT&T, and AT&T said that they are taking the matter seriously and looking into it, and they hope to have an answer to the family in the next few days. So a word of warning for people who are traveling, make sure you do whatever you need to do to set up an international data plan on your account so that you don't see this type of bill. Because while $20,000 is certainly not the norm, I know several hundred or even a couple of thousand dollars can easily get racked up. It, it is, and it's... I know we've kind of talked about this before, but it's 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 so uh, deplorable that this can happen. Um, that that you know, obviously these companies just want to make the money, and they really don't care uh, that they'll let a, a bill like this run up to uh, you know some absurd thing. When most likely the user is not trying to spend this kind of money and would have no intention of spending this kind of money if they knew uh, what was going on, and. You know, obviously, it is buyer beware and user beware. Uh, you you should know that you have international roaming rates, and you will be charged for those. But again, uh, I mean, going from a you know from a standard two hundred and fifty dollar bill to twenty thousand dollars is extremely um, ridiculous, really. I mean, to 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 
to not have some sort of, you know, alert on the account saying, well, maybe something's wrong here and have, you know, everything cut off or at least have a phone call from uh, or a text message or something to let you know that something's going crazy. And it, it's it's really just absolutely poor, poor customer service. And I would hope that, um, you know, that from this story, hopefully it will get some attention and, and people will hear about it and, and realize that this kind of thing can happen. And I believe there's way to, a way to send up spending limits on your account, and most providers will allow this, which would be a good thing to do, especially if you've got a, a card like this and you know um, that, uh, you know, a family member has it. And even if it's like $1,000 and to say, um, you know, I, I don't want to go over a thousand dollars, you know, and something like this. But you know, who's gonna who's gonna think about that unless we're talking about it and we're getting it out to people? Absolutely, and I mean, it should be something automatic that you know, setting up your account, they should automatically ask you that. I mean, do you want something? I mean, uh, anything, and you know, double your normally normal bill, anything to just give you a limit, uh, you know, to give you a notice that something is happening. You know, fifty dollars over your normal bill, anything would be great, but. But, you know, they want to, you know, rake in this and they think this is a, you know, a windfall payday for, you know, AT&T. This is great, you know, because now they'll send this out to collections. And I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. It's just it, it's really kind of it's bad. Um, but again, <laughs> of course, it's their I mean, it's their fault, too. I mean, it, 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 they should know better because, you know, you do have you do have international coverage and international roaming rates. And obviously we need to mention this, that if you are planning on traveling internationally, make sure you add one of those unlimited international roaming data plans, because this would have cost 80 so eighty or so dollars instead of $20,000 if they would have mm-hmm. done that. I'm really hoping AT&T takes a good PR stance on this and says, while the user was responsible for all their charges, we're going to drop the bill to whatever it is, and, and maybe it'll be you know, a couple hundred dollars or, you know, allow this, this, this family to, you know, retroactive, uh, one of their plans on it. Cause it's, you're right. It's just, it's terrible to see that because that's just so much money. And obviously I'm sure the family can't afford it. I mean, who can afford $20,000 for one month of sending back photos, you know, from Canada. So anyway, keep that in mind when traveling international, those can, uh, those can add up very quickly. Finally in news, Verizon Wireless came in as the top dog in the JD Power call quality survey for the eighth consecutive time. This is for the Northeast region and Mid-Atlantic regions. They also won the West region and tied Sprint Nextel for the Southwest region. Altel Communications for the third time was ranked highest in the Southeast region and tied U.S. Cellular for first place in the North Central region. On to some devices. Well, the much-anticipated Nokia N96 is now available for sale in various markets around the world, starting at the price of $795 US dollars or 550 euros. This version does not support US 3G networks. However, the North American version of the device will be on sale, hopefully sometime later this year. Sprint announced two rugged phones this week, the i365 and the V950 from Motorola. The 365 is a mil-spec rated phone that was uh, supported, or excuse me, approved by the FCC for humidity, blowing dust, rain, uh, shock, and vibration. Candy bar style phone on the iDen network. Yes, another iDen phone uh, supporting push-to-talk functionality. It does have GPS in it as well as Bluetooth and a speaker phone. Uh, it will cost $90 with a new agreement. And Sprint is also re-announcing the Motorola V950 Renegade, which will cost $130 with a new agreement after rebates. 
Well, while we're waiting for the BlackBerry Bold to get announced here, which looks like is going to be October 2nd now on the AT&T network, we've got a new BlackBerry Curve that will come out later this month on AT&T. It's the Curve 8320, which is the same as the 8310, just adds on Wi-Fi. So now you're getting both Wi-Fi and GPS built into your BlackBerry if you're looking for a Curve. Of course, no 3G data in it. Uh, Still have to run on the old Edge network. On on the iPhone front, the iPhone 3G will be sold by two Russian companies. Looks like mobile provider Megaphone and also uh, Vimplecom will be the companies that will support the phone in the Russian markets. Uh, Service will be available through them sometime later this year. Best Buy will begin selling the iPhone 3G as of today. So if you're interested in going over to your local Best Buy because you don't have an AT&T or Apple store near you, you can pick one up for the same pricing, $199 for the 8 gigabyte model, $299 for the 16 gig, and looks like very few lines today. The demand has finally subsided enough where people are able to walk in and get their phone at Best Buy stores with no problem. Sprint adds a pair of Samsung clamshell phones this week as well. The M220 is a blue phone with a one and a half inch main screen display for $30 after rebates. And the M320, a red phone with a 1.38 inch display with a VGA camera, $20 after rebates and a new two-year agreement. Both phones include Bluetooth, access to the Sprint vision and messaging services, as well as, of course, dual displays and a speakerphone. The Samsung NAC is the newest phone for Verizon Wireless. It is also the model number U310, an entry-level clamshell device, which is has a dedicated 911 button, among other things, something that uh, I've never personally seen on a phone. has a 2.2-inch display with uh, large on-screen fonts. It's got color-coded hatches and buttons that match those of the accessories that it makes for very easy use, and the phone will retail for $40 with a new agreement. Two new central colors. Uh, Looks like they're coming up for Sprint here. The colors are, I would say, green and uh, pink. But, Joey, those aren't the real names of the colors, are they? (laughs) I don't know what the real colors and the names of those colors are. It's hard to tell. Rose, maybe? Is that one of them? Yeah, it's a rose color. Yeah. The other one, I don't know what. It's a lime color. That's lime. Yeah, yeah, it's the, both of them are are very unique. Um, well, I should say one of them is unique. The other one is is just a little off the pink centro. Um, wasabi is one of the words that's used in here to describe the green one. I guess that's a pretty decent uh, word to describe the color. Yeah, because it's uh, not a green. It's not a lime green. It's more of a yeah. It's kind of an off kind of. It, it's not. I guess it's not as bright as wasabi either. It's a lot darker than that. I I like that. Uh, I like that color. It's muted. It's a muted it is. lime green or muted, um, I would say, maybe pea green. Um, so, yeah, so you like that one? So what do you think? If What happens if the, the red Centro takes a dump? What are you going to do? I may be at? tempted to get that because it's, a, it's just such an unusual color. I mean, I don't think there's any phone out there in that color. Looks like uh, these are both going to have the latest ROM of the Centro installed on them, which includes pre-installed Google Maps with the My Location functionality. So that's kind of nice to see with that. Uh, so uh, no word on, on anything else with those yet. But um, yeah, from Sprint Users Forum. So thanks very much for that, guys. The Motorola Q11 will be the successor to the Q9H, if uh, a Cell Passion article here is correct. Zero details on this one at this point, except Windows Mobile 6.1 available um, in pretty much all the markets around the world. 
So I guess we could make some speculation here. What, what do you think this would be? Faster processor, probably a new look on the exterior. Uh, probably nothing as far as the interior goes, because I think the Q9H has GPS, does it not? It does maybe have it GPS. Have, yeah. Maybe it would have Wi-Fi added, maybe. But yeah. it's probably going to be just a minor cosmetic upgrade. Maybe they'll, I don't know the the keyboard. I was going to say maybe they'll change the keyboard, but the keyboard on them is is pretty decent. I think people have really enjoyed that new keyboard. It's very wide in in the form factor, but it, it's easy to type on. You know, this just reminds me. Did we see a, a spy of this about a year and a half ago when the Q9s were being announced? Maybe this is going to be a smaller device, like a much smaller device. Maybe a, I suppose this could be something like maybe like a Centro size device. Yeah, but I think it's going to be something key for Motorola to keep going with the smartphone market because it's it seems like most of the devices coming out today are the professional line that they're they've got the full touch screen on it and that's not mo- what Motorola has been doing. Uh, definitely the Q9s have been an upgrade from the original Q that came out and uh, I, I'm excited to see something new. Hopefully this will be more details will get leaked out. Um, but uh, anyway, it's good to see at least something from them if if not just a big rumor for us to speculate about for the next couple of months right (laughs) so absolutely all right well back to the blackberry bold vodafone uk and rim announced the blackberry bold on their network if you uh, would like to pick up the device you can get a 35 pound plan for 600 uh, anytime minutes and data with a 24 month contract Uh, there are also other plans that are available pricing ranges from free to i believe it was what was the amount just uh just under 200 pounds so about 400 dollars, i think was was where we were looking at for that so uh, depending on the plan that you get you can pick this one up if you are in the uk on vodafone the Palm Trio Pro has been getting quite a bit of buzz in the Windows Mobile arena because of its uh, unique styling in the front-facing QWERTY keyboard market, as uh, the Palm devices have been so fond of. And this one in down in Australia has received the Blue Tick uh, certification from Telstra. And apparently this awards certain devices in the lineup for very strong signal strength. It theoretically makes them a more appropriate choice for folks that are in rural or fringe areas where lesser phones may struggle to get a signal. This is also to note the first smartphone to get Telstra's Blue Tick uh, uh, certification. And they're offering the phone for as little as $0 on a two-year contract with an appropriate price plan. So uh, this is very exciting. I think it makes a lot of sense. I look back at my Trio 750, which worked extremely well in the AT&T network and I f- I figure this is probably very similar in uh, in the radio uh, stack that is put into this as well as all the components that are manufactured for it so it just kind of makes sense and so it's kind of exciting for me to see that uh, a phone such as the trio which I've been very fond of is getting strong marks for signal strength absolutely and it seems like there's always kind of uh, you know not so much anymore but we've talked about this in the past but you know, in, 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 you know, years gone by here, probably, you know, five, six, seven years ago, there was a lot of devices that they were noted for their high signal strength. I know you'd picked up one of those back on Sprint way back in the day that had, you know, remarkable uh, signal strength compared to every other device that they were selling at the time. And, you know, it, signal strength is king when you've got a mobile phone. I think that was the Sanyo 8100, if I remember correctly. It was a candy or bar. Was the, or was it the 4900? Or 4900. It was the flip phone. Yeah, it was that flip phone. That was that's going back five years. <laughs> I don't even know if any of those are even still floating around. But anyway, it's good to see that a smartphone, you know, among among others, is is finally getting 
the certification. It's kind of a neat thing that they have. It would be kind of cool to see that come here to the U.S. And especially with Palm and, and how much they've kind of been struggling lately, uh, it's great to see them uh, hopefully you know, get, get, some, you know, get some traction here and, and get back into the business here and uh, you know, keep, keep rolling with their good devices. And if anyone out there from Australia is listening that has anything to add to this about what that blue tick uh, means or, or whether or not it's actually touted um, and, and advertised at all, it'd be, I'd love to hear from you because uh, this is something that, that I get really excited about, talking about you know, strong signal strength and, and phones that, that function well. Uh, I love having a phone that, that works in areas where others don't. Um, it's just something that, it, you know, it's a phone. It should work everywhere, but uh, they're manufactured in a way a lot, you know, these days for cosmetic reasons, and people don't want these, you know, you know uh, stubby antennas or extendable antennas anymore. So anyway, good to see on that Palm Trio plural with the Blue Tick certification. Uh, on the other Windows Mobile side, the HTC Touch Diamond is coming to Sprint. We know that. We now have a date, September 14th, and a price point, $249 with a two-year contract. That comes with a $100 rebate. And uh, this puts it right kind of in the middle of the smartphone range for pricing. So if you're interested in a Diamond on Sprint, you'll be able to get it starting in a week. The Palm Centro and the Palm uh, Trio 800W on Sprint have both received an extended battery from Cydio. Now, if you want to pick up this battery, looks like it's going to be $40, and it adds about 15% of the capacity, getting the original capacity, uh, or from the original capacity of, was it 1,100 milliamp hours? 1,150. 1,150 up to the 1,350. So what do you think, Joey? Is this something... Uh, that you would potentially look at for your device, or are you pretty good with yours? It's very tempting, but I, I think I'm good with mine. Most days I make it all the way through the day and can go till at least 10 p.m. Uh, on the, the charge for that one day. So I don't think this is something I will pick up. Now, it, I, I will say that if I'm in an area where I've got low signal strength, um, that's n- not my standard home and office, uh, then I do run through the battery a lot faster and will not make it through the entire day. So if that happens where I'm in some of those areas more frequently, then I'll probably want to make the jump to get this one. The interesting thing about this, and the reason we mention it, is because it's the, the, the additional capacity in the same size package, which means that you're able to replace the battery that's in your device with this one and not have to add on an additional battery, um, uh, battery cover. There yeah, is a new door. A new door. There is a battery uh, by Cydio that is 2,600 milliamp hours, which is more than double the capacity of it, which is, uh, I guess, someone who really uses their phone a lot. And it does include a replacement black back door with the soft touch rubberized texture to improve the grip and extends the depth about five millimeters so it does add a little bit onto the phone half a half a centimeter if you think about that but depending on if you use your phone a lot for calls and data and stuff like that if you were tethering your phone you know all day long as well as making calls this could definitely be something that would work for you yeah and tethering over bluetooth and not so much the usb cable because that would of course of course. <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, if you're looking for either of those, you can, you can get them both uh, at a link here, and I'll send you over to CityoOnline.com. The Prada 2 has come out with some specifications here. This is the, uh, the LG uh, proprietary software version phone uh, that is a, a very sleek-looking device on the GSM side, uh, GSM Edge Connection with dual-band HSDPA, 
uh, for 850 and 2100 megahertz support. Comes with a 950 milliamp hour battery, five megapixel autofocus camera, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, an Infineon chipset, motion sensor, and FM radio uh, that uh, looks like will be uh, soon available. Don't have an exact date on this one yet, um, but some pretty unique specifications for someone looking for a device that is uh, something over and above those that are provided by the providers. The Samsung i900 Omnia looks to be heading to the U.S. This is a GSM phone or had been a GSM phone up until now. The i910 is a CDMA phone with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi that looks like uh, we'll be on Verizon Wireless here soon. And uh, the i907 is even a little bit different looking of a model, rumored to be possibly AT&T bound. Uh, but the i900 will hopefully, um, you know, hopefully add in that US 3G. Looks like it's unlikely though. Uh, but the i900 is uh, I, another unique uh, phone that comes to us from uh, uh, Samsung, and uh, you can pick it up if you're in the Europe or Asian markets at this point, but is not for the U.S., uh, doesn't have those U.S. 3G bands. The AT&T uh, HTC Touch Pro will now be officially known as the Fuse. We mentioned it a few uh, few shows back. Fuse, spelled F-U-Z-E, uh, is the name of the HTC Touch Pro. It's got some rounded corners, but pretty much the same insides as the Touch Pro itself. And uh, looks like it will be available here before the end of the year, hopefully, and will take advantage of all these specific AT&T services, uh, plus have everything else that you've uh, come to know with the Windows Mobile 6.1 professional software. And finally, in devices here, Tag Hewer has announced a device that they're calling the Muradist. And this is a phone for someone who's got uh, a lot of money. (laughs) It is a uh, device that's made up of high-quality rubber, leather, and alligator backplates enclosed in, looks like, 316-pound steel casing. I'm not sure if that's the, uh, how how that steel is measured, but it's hand-brushed with polished finishing, uh, a backlit mechanical stainless steel keypad with a weight of 155 grams. It's got a battery that boasts a 28-day standby time with seven hours of talk time, two-megapixel high-quality camera, and uh, it's got two screens made up of 60.5 carats of sapphire crystal glass, uh, and this device itself runs, oh, I don't know. What, what did we find the price on this, Joey? It's five to $6,000. So I don't think we'll be getting a review unit to check out, but... Uh... No, I, I don't think I will be. Uh, you know, th- uh, grade 316 metal is standard Molly Bendrum bearing grade steel. It's a very high quality corrosion resistant uh, metal. Hmm. I see. Well, it is an unlocked phone, so you won't have to be tied to a, a provider, I guess. I guess that's the one advantage of it. Well, I wonder what the carrier subsidy could possibly be on this one. <laughs> We're going to bring you down to 4800 <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, so check that one out if you're interested in just at least reading about it. It's pretty cool. Found at LuxuryLaunches.com. Onto the software side here today, the BlackBerry operating system 4.5 is coming to some current devices on the AT&T network, including the 8820, 8310, 8120, and 8300 Curve. It's got improved desktop-like web browsing, enhanced email with HTML, Docs2Go, server email search, and media player improvements, and integrated a Wi-Fi uh, client for automatic 
logging into the 17,000 AT&T hotspots at Starbucks and uh, uh, upgrades for simultaneous voice and data when using Wi-Fi. Next here, the Xperia X1 panel interface SDK has been released. Just another uh, step forward in the Xperia uh, smartphone. Looks like this one uh, is gaining some more traction, although we still don't have a date for when it's going to come out, but the SDK has been released. So some developers will uh, probably get this and start downloading applications that can be installed on the front panel interface. Butler version 5.0 was released from Hobbyist Software this week. Uh, It's a Butler, we've talked about in the past, a feature-rich trio slash centro smartphone utility that gives you a number of options and add-on features for your smartphone. It includes MP3 alarms, customizable alerts, remote SMS security locking and data wipe, and extended volume uh, key controls. Uh, looks like this one is available for a free download for current customers uh, that have purchased it within the past year. And uh, if you're looking to purchase it outright, if you don't have Butler yet, it is $14.95. Quick is now available for a few HTC devices, including the Tilt, Touch Diamond, Touch uh, Dual, Touch Pro, Titan 2, uh, Samsung SPH i325 and soon to be released Xperia X1. For those that aren't familiar with it, Quick is a video streaming and recording service that has been used on Motorola, Samsung, and Nokia devices for quite a while and is available from Quick's website, which can be found at quick.com. IMAP email is now available for pushing out to folks that are using the BlackBerry Internet service. RIM has rolled out an upgrade to the biz that has allowed for faster, almost instant delivery of IMAP email messages, uh, where previously users had to wait almost 15 minutes before their email was delivered. Uh, This can be, uh, will be updated for those that have the BIS service. I think all you have to do is just log into your account, delete your current configuration on your, let's say, Gmail service, if you're using the POP service, and reinstall the settings to take advantage of the IMAP. The Nokia N95-1 firmware has been upgraded to version 30.0.015 and is available for download. Things that have been upgraded are startup time has been decreased to 15 seconds. On the desktop, there is a share online option under the wireless LAN scanning. There's a fifth theme that has been added, built-in auto-rotate, renewed standard icons, some have been changed, some have been made a little bit smaller, improved camera, uh, or some camera improvements, I should say, YouTube video updates, uh, Maps 2.0, and the voiceover IP client that has been taken out of some of the more recent Nokia devices that have been released is still there. So if you've got the Nokia N95-1, make sure you check out that update. On to our questions and comments. First one is a question from Matt. He said, it would be great if you could post a few full-size photos from the Nokia E71. I'm thinking about getting this phone too and would like to see the photo quality and size. Also, if you have any experience with syncing the E71 with a Mac or Linux, uh, I would like to know that as well. I don't think you use a Mac, but I think Joey does. Well, actually, I am the one that uses the Mac. Joey has the PC. Anyway, thanks for the great show. Matt. All right. Well, I did post a few photos here, which you can find 
uh, by heading over to mickeypaplon.com, going to the story that's listed as photo quality of the E71. I've got a picture of there from our boating trip last weekend, as well as a tree that was uh, fell down behind our house here, and I thought it was a good uh, picture to show the quality, or I guess you, you may want to, you could say lack of quality uh, in the photo showing a um, where one of these, the tree that fell over was, was cut down, and there's a bunch of sawdust on the ground, and you can kind of see or not see some of the detail in there. Uh, but anyway, so you can you can see the quality of those and, and whether or not that's going to be acceptable for you. Um, as far as syncing with the Mac, uh, I am, would say I haven't really uh, installed any software with it, so I haven't used the iSync profile to do any synchronization with it. However, uh, for all the files that I've downloaded from the Nokia site, the, the SISX files, the, applica- uh, the installable files, it is very, very simple. You just download them to the, the computer, uh, the desktop, right-click on it, and say send to, and then my device, which I've already um, had set up uh, through the Bluetooth profile, and send the files over via Bluetooth. It works really quick. Uh, it's very, very easy. They show up uh, in the phone's messaging application. You just open it up and install it, and it's no big deal. Um, but there is, like I said, uh, there, there are other ways to synchronize your data uh, from a Mac to an E71. I won't be doing it because I do have an Exchange server, so I'm able to do all my synchronization over the air, and, and I haven't needed to synchronize anything other than uh, the services that are available through an Exchange server. But hopefully that answers your question, and uh, those pictures are, like I said, over at MickeyPapillon.com. Comment here from Andreas. He says, I've noticed you've mentioned various ways of getting podcasts onto cell phones over the last few episodes, namely the whatever the app was called that required you to add the podcast as an internet radio station. Uh, I believe that would be Pocket Tunes, right, Joey? Yeah, po- that was Pocket Tunes for the, for the Palm OS. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you stream it as the latest episode with... Um, some sort of file sync app uh, that could be used for the podcast. Seeing one of you now, that would be me, has the E71. Uh, it shouldn't be too long before you discover the Nokia podcasting application, and uh, we'll quickly put the other ones to shame. It's a great application, which I use all the time. I really prefer standalone audio players, uh, but not even the MP3 players best suited for podcasts can match the Nokia podcasting in that it lets me subscribe to podcasts, set up a schedule to download them while I'm sleeping over my home wireless network, and have them ready when I wake up. Also, it marks the podcast as old once I've listened to them. Such a small thing, but yet so crucial. The E51, which I'm using as my first smartphone, but until someone makes or have made, for all I know, something that can match the Nokia podcasting application, I will never switch away from Nokia devices. It is by far the most used application on my phone. Keep up the good work. Andreas from Norway. Well, before we talk about that, I wanted to interject a voicemail here that we have from Soren that is very similar. Hey, Mickey, this is Soren. Hey, I was wondering if you'd tried the Nokia podcasting application on the E71. It's pretty outstanding. I've been using it for quite a while, and no wires, no connecting to your computer. I just love it. So just seeing if you like it, too. Bye. All right. Thank you very much, Soren, for the voicemail. And so we'll address both of these at the same time. Um, I have used the podcasting or podcatching application that's uh, available on the phone. And I would, I do have to say it is very unique and it's very fun to use. I've never seen anything like it. And it, it is so easy uh, that it just, it makes this, it makes it fun to use. Um, you know, you just go into the podcasting app and you type in uh, either the, the URL of the 
the, the show that you want to get in it, it like you know like Andrea says it's real easy you can set up times and, and all sorts of different things there are also directories on there where you you can log in and, and take a look at the different podcasts that are featured um, you can also look at video podcasts there's all sorts of different stuff that you can do with the podcasting application and so Nokia has really taken advantage of the fact that people are liking to download and listen to podcasts on their devices you can do it either over the 3G or uh, edge network I guess or like he says you can do it over your wireless connection uh, which makes it very quick uh, and fast to download so I, I do really like the podcasting application that is one thing that I've really enjoyed with this phone yeah that sounds absolutely awesome uh, you know it's an interesting point he makes about you know not switching away from Nokia because of this one app and there's always a, a killer app uh, that, that's always called uh, that something will keep you on a certain phone or certain platform and you know the on Palm OS you know I like Datebook 6 a lot and that's basically a killer app for me because that is just a phenomenal calendar application and uh, you know you, you it, it's not worth switching for and I can you know the features he mentions here it would be awesome uh, I would love that for the Palm OS I hopefully somehow one could get made but you know I won't hold my breath on that one well, and it's it's nice things. It's like you go into the directory and you can you can pop in and you can take a look at um, you know certain Nokia podcasts that they have that are listed, or you can even click on like there's a full NPR directory in here, which is really really neat. So you can download like the NPR um, you know economy or technology podcast that they do weekly. Uh, you know different things on all sorts of different. Uh, topics and, and stuff. So they've, like I said, they've made it so easy to go in and do it that it just, it makes so much sense. And you wonder why other you know people haven't really looked into this more. So uh, for both Andreas and Soren, yes, I like the, the podcasting application. Um, I have been trying it out. I have been, been loving it. It works really well for me, uh, for the shows that I like to listen to, uh, kind of like in the background while I'm doing other things where I can just download it, play it through the speaker. And uh, that works really well. Um, so anyway, uh, but I want to move on here because the next comment here is actually tied into some more Nokia stuff, and that's from uh, Libin, and he says, I use Mail for Exchange and the Gmail client. Uh, not a, bi- a real big emailer, but they do work for me. I thought you may want to give it a try. And uh, this is what I was talking about earlier with software. And this, this email client that's built into the, the Series 60 uh, devices um, may work fine for certain people. Um, I have found it a little bit lacking in functionality. And I guess I'm just used to uh, the Exchange integration with Windows devices. And a small yet very critical function for me is the ability to move messages. So when there's a, a message that's on my phone, I want to move it to another folder on the Exchange server. I can't do it with the built-in email application. So I went out and downloaded this uh, email application uh, that is the, um, uh, the, the software known as Nokia Email Beta. And this software is a little bit better, and it allows for... Um, some better support of viewing email messages and whatnot, but I found it a tad annoying in that um, it, it's it's not it, it's still like a side application. The messaging that's built into the device still seems to be kind of the the top you know what shows up in the device. And I know you can you can edit and do different things with it, um, but I found myself not really using it as much as the built-in messaging application and just kind of dealing with it. Uh, this actually, and I bring this up, and we're going to talk about it more on the next Unlock Show, Joey, but. 
it's it's almost a showstopper. It's really that close. Um, and and maybe I'm just too much of a, an email nut, and maybe I just need to go back to the BlackBerry or go back to Windows Mobile for email. Um, but uh, it, it's one of those it's one of those thorns in my side that I just it, it really kind of bogs me down with it. So um, anyway, but then uh, Libin also mentions here another site or another uh, application that we needed to mention for this the Symbian uh, software, and that is the Internet Radio application. We had I just talked about um, the the Pocket Tunes Deluxe, and we we've, we've used it on the Centro. Both you and I have used it. I know a lot of our listeners have used it. It's awesome. It works really really well. Internet radio is what that is for the Nokia devices, and I have to say it is it just blew me away. The quality of the audio, I'm getting all excited here because it was just that good. I mean, it was down, streaming, you know, 128 kilobit per second streams. Um, you know, I, I used my two and a half millimeter adapter plugged in my Shure headphones. I swear I was listening to, granted compressed, but it was CD quality. Um, and and I, I, I wanted to get your take on this because, I, I mean, I guess I had never done that when I was testing out the, the Centro but it was that good. Like I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I got up out of my desk, walked over, and I, I gave the headphones to Courtney, to my wife, and I said, "You have to listen to this. This is unbelievable." And she was like, "Wow, you know, this is streamed." And I said, "Yeah, this is over 3G, so it, it works really, really well." And I think, uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, and, and it really, dep- you know, the the quality that you had 128 that depends on the source and. Not all radio stations broadcast in 128, and I think for the internet uh, stations, there's probably very, very few um, that that broadcast in that quality. Um, and yes, it, it 128 is nearly CD quality, um, especially depending on the the encoding scheme that they're using. Um, I know personally, I've got a Sirius uh, Stiletto, and I subscribe to the uh, to the premium internet stream. Uh, which is 128 kilobit on a Windows Mobile, or I'm sorry, a Windows Media style uh, WMA um, stream, and that is basically CD quality. It's extremely good compared to the, the standard 32 uh, kilobit stream that they provide. Um, but I, I, the Centro, I really haven't listened to too many of the uh, Pocket Tunes or uh, internet stations on the headphones and looked at their stream quality actually. So there's probably some out there that are in that, uh, at least an upgraded quality. Well, and I have to, I have to mention it because we talked about it on a previous show, how when you have all this stuff that you can do with your smartphone, sometimes you don't take full advantage of it because of one thing and that's battery and stuff like this, where it streams and it's constantly using your data connection can be, you know, something where you may go, I don't know if I want to use that, you know, because it just, it's, I'm not going to be able to make it through the day. The 1500 milliamp hour battery, no problem. I, I, I listened to it one morning for like an hour and it was, you know, I mean, that to me, it, and it didn't really affect my battery too much that day. I mean, obviously it, it took it down like a notch or something like that, whatever, 10% or 12% or whatever it was. But in the grand scheme of things, an hour of listening and that's all it did. I mean, that's great. That, that talks, speaks volumes about this phone's battery and, and, it's, and how well it, 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 it uses the efficiently. Yeah, now if I had, if I would have streamed an hour on the Centro, that would have probably been half my battery life for the day. Yeah, exactly. Which means I wouldn't have made it through the day. So you're you're right; it's a very good point, and that's why I never really touch streaming, you know, music on here. Yeah, and it's just it it was so it it just made such a big impact on me. I just wanted to mention that. So if you've got a Nokia device and you haven't tried internet radio, it is so so cool. So check that one out. 
Move on here. Next one is a comment from Jared. He says, hey, guys, longtime listener, first time commenter, favorite podcast of all time. Well, thanks, Jared, for that. That means a lot. Joey, I, awesome. I, I love it that. Does. Uh, he says, I it just does. wanted to comment about a story a couple of weeks ago using an air card as home connection. I have a Sprint air card as my home connection, and the five gigabyte cap is really going to impact me. I use three computers and an Xbox Live. It's my only option besides satellite. Uh, anyway, just part of my rant. Tell the listeners... Uh, to voice their opinion against the cap at buzzaboutwireless.com in the mobile broadband thread. Uh, love the show and keep it up. Jared from Michigan. Thank you very much, Jared, for that. Yeah, and that's really unfortunate that it is affecting you with that cap. I know most users it won't, but um, you're probably the exception to the, you know, probably in that 5% you know range there. Uh, I hope, was didn't we read, Mickey, one of the uh, providers is going to have like a 250 gig or, or no, that's the Comcast limit. There's going to be a, a higher limit uh, that they were going to have uh, to purchase, I thought, where you have to pay like $80 a month and you can get an 8 gig or a 10 gig cap. Or I, I thought that was around. So if it's not available yet on Sprint, maybe they will uh, pick that up where they'll have some higher capacity plans. I, you know, I it, it's really too bad for, for someone like Jared who doesn't have any other options besides satellite. Because that's pretty good that he can get a Sprint Air Card connection on EVDO, but he can't get a DSL or cable connection. That speaks volumes about their network. Yeah, it really does. And, and satellite is extremely slow. Um, I mean, because you have that latency of having to transmit up to the space, back to Earth. And right there, you're over, over a second of delay time. So it's, not, it's, it's really not a very good option. And, of course, using Xbox, that probably probably wouldn't even work at all Mm-mm. no you wouldn't be able to to do gaming effectively on that so i um i feel for you jared and i guess you'll just have to you know take a look and a real hard look at you know optimizing whatever you're doing online when you're at home yeah i suppose the only other option you'd have is to get a second data card and maybe Oof. have 10 gigs but of course that's doubling your price yeah or just 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 do it you know just use it for a couple of months and and um you know, once you get the letter, throttle back your connection, right? Because doesn't Sprint send you a letter? Isn't that their... Correct. Yeah, they're not They're not ceasing and they're not charging you overage yet. There's no like, you know, you're going to be charged a, a dollar or a megabyte. Uh, it, it, it sounds like they're just going to uh, send you a letter. And then if you do it three... T- if, if I remember this correctly, that was like three times in a row, then you'll be uh, terminated. Yeah, that's what I remember as well. So... Um, don't have any real good news for you on that one, but um, you know, keep uh, keep an eye on it. And uh, like I said, if you find a way to maybe give our other users that may be using the same type of mobile broadband as their home connection uh, some advice, we'd love to hear it. Next is a question from Jim. He says, hey, Mickey and Joey, first off, love the show. Uh, I'm not sure if you can help me solve my problem, but I thought I'd run the question by you as I failed miserably to find a solution to a nagging problem with my Nokia N95 and my BMW's factory Bluetooth system. Evidently, the Nokia N95 no longer supports the Bluetooth phonebook access profile, or PBAP, needed to allow contact information to sync from the phone and the, to the vehicle's address book. Uh, I, know that, uh, I know this is not a new problem, and it seems to be an issue with many European makes of vehicles such as Audi, Mini Cooper, BMW, and Volvo, which I find perplexing because I would expect Nokia to be responsive to the fact that so many European vehicles are unable to effectively sync with one of the most popular and ubiquitous handsets with the Symbian operating system. I sifted the web for answers, but I found only a download contacts application from Nokia that is randomly effective at best. What's frustrating is that my old Razer has no problem uploading my 
my contacts from the phone to the car. I figured the N95 would be more advanced than it, but I guess I'm wrong. It seems that there uh, must be a way to reintroduce it, but I have no clue how to begin. Thanks for the great podcast, guys. I'm also enjoying the TCPJ Unlocked as well. Sincerely, Symbian Jim. Well, the first thing that I'll mention here before uh, I know Joey's got an answer for him is um, make sure you've got the newest software. If you've got that first generation version of the um, of the Nokia N95, make sure you're updating that software. I don't know if that's going to help, but it's worth a shot. Make sure you, you, you download that and install it on the phone. Yeah, and it seems traditionally that these these vehicles, I, I know uh, my father had a BMW with the, uh, the Motorola Q and its, its call quality was not very good over the Bluetooth connection. His uh, BlackBerry 8830 is much better um, making uh, phone calls through the Bluetooth system on there. And um, his last car, it, it was always kind of fussy with as well. So it, it, the, the, the built-in Bluetooth systems are never that good. And if you've if you got a, a car that you're you know, maybe thinking about upgrading, and sometimes these are you know, six, $700 upgrades, I don't know if they're worth it because, you know, like you've seen here, all it takes is your phone not to support it all of a sudden or the next phone doesn't work. It's just, I don't know. They're never, they never seem to work that well. But anyway, this Bluetooth pro, uh, phone book access profile is, you know, I think the software you're referring to is, is, I did some Google searching. I think it's the Nokia 810 phone support. And there is an application that will, that will supposedly support that profile. Um, and as you said, a lot of people did not find very good, uh, you know, luck with that one. Um, I found another forum post, which you may or may not have seen, but what they were doing was kind of a hack. They, they were kind of working around it using their, their Motorola Razor 3. They were switching back and forth. So they would use the Motorola to upload the phone book and then use, and then switch their SIM card back out to their N95 when they were just using the phone normally. So, you know, every, you know, month or so, or, or depending on how frequently you update your phone book, you know, pop the, pop the SIM card back in the, the razor to update the, the car's uh, address book. Yeah, it's kind of a workaround, kind of a hack, but, um, you know, it's, it's still, uh, it allows you to make those calls from the named entries in the address book, which is good, which is what you're looking for. Yeah, and I didn't, I, I didn't find anything else uh, in my searches for that. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know, talking about you know talking about the number of phones that are out there, and uh, you, you'd figure they would have come up with the standard that you're talking about, this PBAP that would have been enabled in all these devices. It is ironic, I will say, this is a very ironic thing that all these German cars aren't working with possibly the most popular uh, phone, if not, well, of course, the most popular operating system in phones in Europe, and they're not supporting it fully. Uh, but yet, the Motorola V3, which is this, you know little old Chicago company here from the U.S. that's working no problem. Well, and it's Nokia's, uh, you know, it's Nokia's issue not building that into the Bluetooth stack. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it, it is their fault. But uh, if that's what you can do, I'll, I'll put the link of both of these in here, and I'm sure you've seen this one talking about um, the Nokia 810 phone support, but then also this link to the, uh, the thread that Joey found that comes from the discussions.europe.nokia.com boards, and uh, you can read up about that and uh, hopefully get, get at least a workaround going so that it's working for you. Comment here from Tony. He says, Mickey and Joey, good morning. I'm listening to the 9-2 uh, podcast, and I have to tell you, I really enjoy the show. I started listening to yours after hearing you on the Mobile Computing Authority podcast. Now I have to... 
Now I have to find time to listen to both. I'm an IT systems administrator in North Dakota. Specifically, I concentrate on unified communications, email, mobility, etc. We do not have AT&T cellular service available. We cannot get the iPhone here due to that. This is why we showed up on that survey as listing the entire state. We cannot get the iPhone, uh, and we basically have only Verizon Wireless and Altel in the state as carriers. Uh, I have clarified this with AT&T that they use partner coverage for their customers traveling through North Dakota, but do not have a presence at all in the state. Thanks for the great information on the show as always, Tony. Uh, good to know there, I guess. And I remember a couple of weeks back, we were, maybe it was last week, talking about how North Dakota was the, uh, you know, the only state left that doesn't have the ability to get the iPhone natively uh, as Vermont has just started to roll out service. Uh, but anyway, thanks, Tony, for the, uh, for the update on that. I know actually uh, multiple people that live in North Dakota, and Altel is their provider of choice. Uh, we have talked about Verizon up in the, the Dakotas as well, too. So. Uh, anyway, moving on. Comment here from Robert. He says, hey, guys, uh, you should try to find out if the newer phones are using the new micro B or micro AB receptacle for charging and the data connection. This is important for two reasons. Uh, this will allow the phone to be charged through the USB at two to three times the speed. The new specification, uh, USB on the go and USB battery charging, allows for high power dumb chargers at 1800 uh uh, milliamps, and it does not need to communicate with a device or phone. Uh, the host, the PC port, and hub chargers at 1500 milliamp, uh, or yeah, milliamps, and 900 milliamps for charging and sending data at high speed, uh, i.e., 2.0 speeds. Traditional USB allows for uh, 100 milliamps uh, up to 500 milliamps after charging between the host and the device of current. So you can see how we no longer need proprietary power chargers. Many manufacturers have started stated that they will uh, conform to the standard on all new devices launched this year, uh, including Nokia, uh, Motorola, and devices out of China. The USB uh, OTG, or on-the-go, will allow for the phone to be the host if so designed, in which case it will have the micro-AB receptacle, which takes both the micro-A and micro-B plugs. Imagine sharing... Uh, data, photos, files, contacts between two phones while on a plane, train, or automobile. Just to clarify, what I mean is that you guys uh, should list the phone's specifications and should also try to list whether or not it's using the new USB charging standard, micro B, and or the new USB standard to allow phones to connect together without a computer. Uh, this is what I'm looking for, an increase in awareness onto the phone support these new standards. Love the show. P.S. Still no Kodak. Uh, panchromatic camera sensor built into any phone yet. Anyway, thank you very much for that, Robert. Well, I, I, you know, I love that information, and a lot of the specs that we read on these phones do not include that yet, but uh, whenever possible, we'll definitely uh, communicate that on because this is a revolution, finally, that they've agreed on a standard, and as you mentioned in there, having uh, you know, 1,500 milliamps that is an amazing amount of power. I mean, that's over an entire amp. I mean, that's an amp and a half of power, which uh, Mickey and I, we talked on the first Unlocked episode about, you know, the, the Trio and the Centro charging at one amp, which gives you basically a full charge in, in a matter of an hour or so, um, and you can get half your charge in a matter of 20 minutes. Um, th that is an amazing amount of current to charge up, and, and probably a lot of phones won't take quite that much, uh, you know, to charge a battery because you, your battery will get extremely hot with that kind of power, but... Then again, the power is available, which is which is great to have. 
Mm-hmm. And I think anything that they can do to, to kind of up the charging capacity, um, even if it's if it can't take full capacity of it to, to charge your phone faster, uh, is great. I think a lot of people appreciate it. And of course, you know, as this micro uh, USB becomes more and more uh, ubiquitous, we'll probably have that information on, on the specifications of the phones that are, are being announced. So we'll, we'll try to bring that to you as much as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. But thank you for the awareness. Uh, you know, we certainly want to bring that to everybody's attention. So thanks for, for spelling it out for us, Robert. Next one is a question from Lance. He says, Dear Mickey and Joey, uh, Mickey, you're using the AT&T Palm Trio 750 and Joey the Sprint Palm Central. What are the shortcomings to those devices and what feature set would comprise the perfect phone for each of you? Also, video calling on cell phones is very common overseas, but not here in the States. Why do you think this is? We, uh, are we Americans just always the last to get on the bandwagon uh, like Verizon is the last when it comes to getting phones? Thanks. Love the show. Look, looking forward to the next hundred. Um, well, let's start out with the, the talking about the shortcomings of the devices. Um, as I've been talking on this show, I'm not using the 750 right now. I still have it. I probably will never sell that phone just because it, it does work so well. Um, and I just love the form factor of it. But um, shortcomings of it, it is... Um, it required me to get a an extended battery, so I'm using a 1600 milliamp hour battery with it, uh, so that I could make it through the entire day without having to plug it in when I was on the go. The keyboard, while well, one of uh, my favorite keyboards, unfortunately, um, has a problem where it misses key presses for me, and I, I don't know if it's specifically this keyboard or just the 700 style of keyboards, uh, whether it's the uh, Palm series or the Windows series. I have a, a, a feeling that it has to do with with Windows, um, but that is a problem for me occasionally where I'll be I was typing on it and it, it wouldn't keep up basically. Um, and, uh, you know, no Wi-Fi, no GPS. These are two things that are now available in pretty much all Windows devices that are out there and, of course, uh, other operating systems as well. And, um, you know, other than that, I guess the size of it, if we're looking at a, a shortcoming of anything, I mean, this is a phone that's uh, over a year and a half old now, and so a lot of people are, are, are putting out much smaller devices, and so it is a little bit fat, but uh, it does work very well. And obviously, I sold my iPhone and went back happily to the Trio 750 to use it. So, um, you know, those were the shortcomings of it as far as the perfect phone. I don't know that I'm ever going to find a perfect phone um, because it seems like whatever whatever you're using, there's always some sort of drawback to it. Um, But, uh, you know, we try and find the best, at least I try and find the best that suits my needs for that particular time. Well, yeah, and that's the only thing you can do. I mean, because there's always a lot of nice features, you know, like your diamond has a tilt sensor. That'd be awesome if your Trio 750 had that, but I mean, it's something you don't really need. Um, I suppose, that w- what would be another shortcoming of that? Uh, maybe you've got a slower processor, maybe. Maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe it's a little laggy compared to some of the latest and greatest devices. But uh, again, at, at times like this, if, you know, a, a Trio 750, I'm sure you can get those at, at a pretty much a, a discounted rate now on eBay compared to what you, you know, bought it for. So, I mean, that's a one good thing if you kind of stay behind the latest trends. Um, y- you can definitely get a lot better deals on these phones. Um, yeah, I'll speak to the shortcomings of the, the Centro. Um, if you have a GSM version of the Centro, you're not going to be on 3G, which is the biggest, you know, which is a real big drawback, uh, to some people, other people, it's absolutely no issue. Uh, shortcomings for me is that it doesn't have eVideo Rev A, which, you know, that's still, you know, it's a shortcoming, but not really. Uh, I would like it to have Rev A, but, uh, personally, I don't really tether and I don't, you know, do much other than simple web browsing. 
and a few downloads here and there. So to me, it's really it doesn't make you know doesn't make a big deal. Perfect phone. It would have you know full fledged GPS in it. That'd be awfully nice to have. Um, I, I guess I don't really need it. I, I have a GPS of my own, and usually turn by turn directions out of Google Maps is sufficient for me. Um, I'm trying to think what else would be a, a perfect if this had more memory, um, a much better camera. That's one thing I would love to have is a better camera. So, I mean, there's always, there's always drawbacks. You're right. Yeah. Camera is one thing. Um, <clears throat> with the 752, it's that same, uh, it was a 1.3 megapixel and it's pretty poor. That was a big one. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And the, uh, the comment about the, uh, the, the overseas video. Or the, uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the, the video calling. <laughs> overseas video. Yes, people... Overseas video. What am I talking people, about? People using, people using the, um, you know, the, the, the uh, video calling overseas versus here in the U.S. Um, you know, I don't know what I would say is the, um, the real reason that they haven't done it. Obviously, the providers haven't pushed it. And so for the mainstream, uh, you know, mobile phone user, if the provider doesn't have it, obviously, they're not going to, to seek out a way to try and do it if it's not built into the phone. And uh, other than that, I guess they, you know, whether or not they, they have the, the bandwidth or the capacity really to do it right now either. I mean, you, you look at AT&T's 3G network, and that's primarily the, the devices that um, that people are getting with, with these cameras are GSM phones, because those are just what's popular for uh, everywhere else in the world but here, so that uh, their network just hasn't really been able to support it. There, there's some, some weird video things you can do right now, but it's not mainstream like you can do everywhere else. Yeah, and, and that was one feature that I know the iPhone 3G was really... Uh, expected to have is the front-facing video camera to, to try to make it more of a world phone, world-friendly phone. Um, I'm trying to think of another device here. The uh, the what was it? The Titan Two uh, that yes. had a front-facing uh, camera on it, but not the AT&T Tilt, uh, which it was based off of. They they took that uh, feature out. So uh, there's really no devices. Uh, it, it, well, I mean, you can get unlocked ones, but but yeah, there are no devices really sold with front-facing cameras. I, I know there's a couple, but there's not there's not really many out there. You're looking looking back at some of the stories we've talked about today, that HTC Touch Pro, uh, also known as the Fuse, when it comes to AT and T, looks like they've stripped the camera out of that in the spy shots that I've seen. You also look at the HTC Touch Diamond that Sprint will be getting next week, and that one has the camera taken out of it as well because they've got that one that's got a front-facing camera on it um, on the the GSM side. So, oh, you have a front-facing camera on that one. I do, and on the Nokia, oh, I didn't even notice that last yeah. week. It's it's really tiny. Okay. Yeah, it's up on the corner. It's I guess the Nokia E seventy one too. You're you're gonna oh. have a hard time seeing this too. But there's a little dot right there in the corner that you can oh, see. Wow. That's the camera. And uh, really, I thought that was a a, a light sensor. Actually, oh, that's I did on. Not th- realize that was a camera. That's on the other side of the of the the speaker there on the top is the light sensor. So. <laughs> Okay. Every time I make a call on this, it asks me if I want to do a voice or a video call. And when I try and do video, it it, it just doesn't. It, it won't do it. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't. Sure. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's one of those things that there there haven't really there hasn't been the support from the providers, and so they haven't they haven't gotten into it yet. And now that we've got like the re- EVDO Rev A's and the, the the fast HSDPAs and UPAs up, it uh, it it'll start. It'll start coming. Yeah, it certainly will. It's just, it, I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. And um, I think for the most part, the people that are, um, you know, that are interested in this are going to be the, you know, the early adopters and the folks that have actually used this in the past, um, because it is pretty neat to be able to, you know, 
see who the person that you're talking to. Um, Skype has really made this fun to do as far as video calling online. It would be able to be nice to do it on the go. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know what we'll see when, or when we'll see it, Lance, but I'm sure we'll see it at some point. But thanks for writing in. Certainly appreciate the question about that. And finally on the questions here is a one from Scott. He says, hi, Mickey and Joey. Thanks for your perspectives on the iPhone. I really didn't like the virtual keyboard either, and I'm glad I held off considering I'd have to replace my Palm OS software. I've been forced into a change. I have three unlocked Trio 650s. Uh, we've had one stolen, one lost, and the touchscreen finally died on the third. I have moved on to an unlocked GSM Central, still on AT&T, so I don't have to renew my contract and blow my subsidy on a phone that I may move off of soon. It recently occurred to me that both of you run Palm Hardware as your primary Mickey Central and, uh, or excuse me, Joey Central and Mickey 750. I don't know why this didn't occur to me before. I have this... Uh, I have for some time been seriously thinking the Trio Pro may be the next phone for me. The Unlocked Centro buys me time to wait for the subsidized version, or at least for the Unlocked Pro. Uh, have you tried the Trio Pro? I know there have been a few Windows Mobile phones out there with 3G, Wi-Fi, GPS, and a full QWERTY. The Pro is getting mixed reviews, and I'd love to get your take on it. Um, and then finally, he says, do you think Android may run on it? Well, I'll answer that one first. Android's most likely not going to run on this. I can't say for certain, but I will say at this point in time, it is strictly a Windows Mobile 6.1 professional device in the versions that have come out, and there is no Android plans in sight. Um, I have not tried the Trio Pro. I am on the list with Palm to get a review unit, but whether or not that will ever happen, who knows. Um, it, it looks like a worthy successor to the 750 for multiple reasons. Obviously, all the, the, the new upgrades in it, including Wi-Fi and GPS and a redesigned keyboard are going to be um, exciting for some people. Those that are familiar with the Centro keyboard, like yourself, will be very comfortable switching over to the keyboard that the Trio Pro has. Um, those that are familiar with the 700-style keyboard may take a little bit longer to get used to it. It is not the curved, kind of smiley face looking of the keys where they are higher um, on the ends where the Q and the P are and lower in the middle where the T and the Y are. Um, but um, other than that, it, it seems to to be very nice as far as, as a keyboard to use. You're right, though. Reviews have been mixed a little bit. Some people like it. Some people don't. Um, but the phone itself should be solid. It looks pretty pretty good. 6.1 is a great operating system from my experience with it. And uh, finally, you asked about the, the pricing on it and getting a subsidized version. At this point, it's going to be unlocked when it comes here to the U.S., and I believe it was $499 was the price point. So you're going to pay um, $500 to get the phone, but that's what you, uh, you know, that's what you have to pay for unlocked devices now. And, and uh, you know, so, but you're not getting tied into another contract with AT&T and could give you the opportunity to buy another device at a subsidized price to try it out if you wanted to just try it out uh, and kind of go from there. So, uh, Joey, do you have anything you wanted to add to that one? Uh, not too much. That sums it up uh, basically pretty well. I, I, you know, it looks like the Trio Pro will be a pretty nice device, uh, I think. Uh, the specs are, are there, and uh, I mean, maybe AT&T will pick it up after a while, but uh, it looks like definitely not right away. Yeah, right away they're just, you know, they're talking about fourth quarter, they're going to get it out, it's going to be unlocked, you'll buy it from palm.com, uh, and that's kind of how it's going to go. So, But yeah, keep doing your research on it before you buy it, make sure you, you read all the reviews that are out there. And more specifically, after we see all these reviews, uh, these initial reviews that have come out as people are starting to buy them, 
those reviews are important to look at as well because those are going to be people who are, are are using it more than just as a review unit. And not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with that, uh, but people are going to dig into it more, start customizing it, doing different things with it, and that's going to be a, a big deal. Joey certainly recommends doing that, um, taking the time to uh, to read the reviews and maybe wait a couple of weeks just to or months even to read the reviews and see if the forums are you know chattering about problems that occur with the device. So. Anyway, um, but if you have any questions or comments here, uh, make sure you send them in to us, questions at thecellphonejunkie.com, or you can send us a voicemail at 206-203-3734. And as always, follow Joey and I on Twitter at twitter.com slash TCPJ underscore Mickey, and Joey at twitter.com slash TCPJ underscore Joey. Yeah, thanks for all the great questions and comments this week. That was awesome to have a, a, a large number this week. Let's get more of them. Absolutely. Keep we'll them read coming. them all. We'll answer them all. We'll talk about everything that you send in. So, uh, you know, send them our way. We'd love to have them. And until next time, Joey, thank you as always. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.